Welcome to 100% Twisted Face Everything and Rise podcast, where we talk about embracing our imperfections and loving us where we are and learning that it's okay to not be okay. So today we're just regrouping as it's been a year since I've told my story. And we're going from the story from literal top to bottom. And I mean literal top to bottom. So we're opening us a truly, and we're getting started on this long journey and story of mine. Um, you've missed a little bit here in the podcast, so we're jumping in of how I started a boot camp um, and how it expanded into food out of my house and how it expanded into me trying to put some really crappy Academy ice packs in a cooler and ship it across the world. So here we go. We're moving forward. Let's take us a little sip. And let's keep going. Wow, I don't typically drink during the day, but I feel like this story calls for it. I have not, I don't, I don't really think I've sat and told this story top to bottom. So this will be an incredible first. Um, so here we go. So here I am. I'm a couple of people have let me like ship their food around the world with these crappy Academy Oz packs. I've made it into the FedEx testing and I get my FedEx testing back, right? And I'm like, if I'm not looking at the camera, just remember it's because I'm like trying to remember this whole story. Um, so I get my FedEx testing back and I learn what I've done has done it. I have figured it out. It took me probably six months and I have figured out ratios of ice and the perfect amount. There is nothing besides scientific testing to it, writing down all your ratios, figuring it out. And I have figured out how to ship food around the world with the perfect amount of pounds of dry ice versus ice packs. You may say, hmm, that seems stupid and I feel like anybody can do it. Well, good luck because there's already been three to five meal prep companies around the world that asked me to buy my testing. So here we are, we've made it through FedEx testing. We know we can ship around the world safely. I can now take more than just these three to five clients who are willing to let me make this huge mistake on them and ship food around the world. So now that we've made it through FedEx testing, I am picking up a little more clients now. I'm picking up a few more clients coming over to Red Wolf Boulevard, grabbing out of like our grab and go fridges. My boot camp is doing well. Um, women are growing, but it's kind of like, I realized Rose, this is all you're ever gonna make. And I guess this is where the entrepreneur spirit comes in. I'm unsure, I'm still unsure how I am an entrepreneur or what that entails you just know you're different. You know that here's me in high school. I grew up in the popular crowd, but I wasn't popular. Doesn't make sense, but it does. I was semi-popular. I didn't get quite invited to all events, but people wanted me there. I was a class clown. I was the funny. I was the girl who took risk and limitation, like took the limits to the max. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, same thing in an entrepreneur, which is, I guess, where you can get that spirit. There's just something different about you. I am so social and people are like, you're so personable. How do you do that? But yet I'm such a loner. I like to be alone. I am a busy bee, but I like to be around people. But when I want to be alone, I want to be alone. I spend most of my weekends alone. I was always the girl who had to have a boyfriend growing up, but now I prefer to be completely alone on the weekends. Like, don't waste my time because I could be out there. And it's so crazy because life's not even about money to me. I've never had money in the eight years of entrepreneuring. 
Um, it's just like getting to that end of that goal and knowing that I achieved it or being able to say that I did. So I, that is so hard because it, it's like I could be making money, but I don't need any money. So Twisted Foods, we started growing. Boot camp was stable. And I'm like, I've got to push more to food, right? I, I could do more. I could be more. I could make more. I'm trying to get popular and go pro. So the food still takes off. I'm reaching people and our outskirt communities like Paragold, like Walnut Ridge, like Memphis, just everywhere. And then food gets so busy and this business goes out a couple blocks down, a couple blocks down, a couple buildings down. And they were um, Blue Coast Burritos. They're a corporate chain, okay? I learned so much getting this building. Um, I go and of course, Kate Holiday is already my CFO. The minute I started in that crappy little, I say Mexican joint because that's what it is now. Um, he was my CFO. You know, we met at O'Charlie's. We sat down. I distinctly remember that lunch. And he'd always said, just call him. So I'm like, well, I can't do this on my own. I can't afford this. Um, so I'm going to meet with Kate and just see. Well, that C turned into absolutely. I'm like, I think it's only going to take less than 10 grand to get started. And he's like, well, absolutely. I have that. Awesome. Let's do this. And I'm like, okay, well, I promise never to let you down. I promise never to miss a payment. I promise that I don't need anything but my bills paid um, as long as I can make my dreams come true. And why anybody would be like, look, I don't need any money. I just want to do something that works me to death and just, just to say I've done it. Well, that's me. <laughs> that is me in a freaking nutshell. I've got to like get to the end of that. I've got to say I've done it. And I definitely can't be a failure. Um so Kate's my entrepreneur and I'm, I go to him about the Blue Coast and I'm like, we need a more legitimate setup if we're going to be legitimate. Like, I can't keep working over in the shack and getting, trying to get done by one to get the deliveries over, to do my boot camp in the morning, to go to that location to fill the food, to drop off the location in the food and stay health code regulated, to then go back to shut down, to come back to do boot camp. It just got nuts. He's like, well, let's do it. Let's jump. Let's go. And I'm like, really? That's it? I'm like, I'll do all the work. I'll clean the facility myself. I'll save us all the money we can. And we take out our first loan. We take out our first loan. Um, this story, by the way, is going to get very detailed and graphic on the companies who screwed me. Um, so going back, we find, signed our first loan with Simmons Bank for $200,000. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Kate and I put some collateral down, just our houses and our cars, because it's basically all we had. And we do it. Yet again, my family, time two, I told you they did almost three facilities. This is time two. We put our heart and our soul into cleaning up this facility, making it look nice, cleaning the tiles ourselves. All the equipment was run down crap, um, literally taking it out back, spray, power washing it. I had friends and family. We had toothbrushes and it was a hot mess. And we did this all in 60 days, I believe. I already had a mini concept and I'm moving into now from like a 700 square foot facility, maybe 12, if I judged it wrong, into a 3000 square foot facility. So this was a huge jump for me. And so I'm like, again, I'm going to make this work. I can't let anybody down. I have to prove that I can do this. So we barely have like 20 clients. If you... <laughs> I can't believe this happened. We would go into work every day. There was a girl whom 
there's a girl who helped me live my dream out, right? Well, there was a few girls who helped me live my dream out. This one specifically would help me come in in the morning and we had foil pans. So foil tin pans and shake to a cookout. And we put those foil tin pans in metal pans and the metal pans had ice in them because food, you have to know food safety and you have, if you're not going to be hot, hot food's easy. Yeah. You like put it out four hours later, you chunk it if it's not good because it can grow mold, bacteria, whatever. Cold food, nobody does in the world. So there's different rules and regulations. Cold food can stay out for so many days. It has to have a date. But if it's cold, um, like it, you have to check it every so many hours and it must stay 41 degrees or lower. So we would come in and we'd put the ice in the bottom of the metal pans. We'd put the foil pans on top and we'd fill them with food. We had to then get that food to 41. And this was all in a little kitchen streamlined straight down the road. We'd have proteins and carbs then veggies and then some toppings. So we'd have to get all this stuff out to get it onto the counter for the day because back then I didn't even think of a cold prep station um, because I didn't have enough clients. We had her and I would come in every morning. We would cook the food ourselves. We would get it ready. We would get it iced down. We would prep it. And then I had this awesome programmer that I knew and he helped me design my head onto a computer. And so we put all these macros on this computer where I was like, look, I want to be able to click this button because I was hand clicking this. A little girl named Mallory used to actually help me. She was the first person to help me started, start Twisted Foods. And we would do it by brain power. Like we'd be like chicken, green beans, potatoes. Okay. All the carb sections, 29 four and we wrote it all down and we literally then we just input it and I'm like we can't keep doing that I need to be able to click one potato four chicken nine green bean and move the heck on so he created that and then this other little girl I keep talking about her and I did all this it was so slow we had enough time to cook set up clean shut down and have a play day once a week so the cool part about this whole play day is that this play day is what invented cookie dough now. And cookie dough now um, is going on six years old and it is what saved me from this embezzlement. And so her and I would play every week. I'm like, I want to create, really we're just creating things for the dessert fridge because we serve breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. You could have a customized or a build your own plan. Customized meant I would design your diet, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, everything, guaranteed weight loss. You got a free coach. You could text me. If every 72 hours, you should lose a pound. And if you haven't lost a pound, you should be texting me. And um, yes, we had to have everything, all breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. My cookbook was very small at this time. I had like five items of everything. And that's just what you ate. And then it developed into the Rose's Clean Eats cookbook that you can buy. Um, not on Amazon, but you can DM me on my Instas. And we're giving it away in November. But then it designed into one of my little bakers who was at my store for years, helped me write up a new cookbook. So there are so many people and so many women who helped me design Twisted Foods and take it from nothing. I'm gonna, We're going to flashback pictures, literally nothing into Nashville, what you see now. So moving on, health code would come in, he would do his checks and he would say, Rose, 
I had the same health code guy from start to finish, basically, um, except the last year. And he would say, Rose, you can't keep doing it like this. And I would say, it's fine. He was like, you're going to have to upgrade. He's the one that was like, how about cold prep coolers like you see at sandwich shops? And I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that, that could work. We didn't even use the front part of this Blue Coast burrito that we should have used because it was made for like, you walk up to the window or like Chipotle and you pick as you go down the line. So it was perfect for us. So I'm like, okay, my big thing was not spending more money. Um, I had no clue. I was just trying to make a living. And then so I bought these cold prep coolers and I was like, okay, proteins is in one cold prep cooler by itself, carbs in the next, veggies in the next, toppings in the next. So we had four cold preps that somebody would stand at. Now, at the beginning, we did three or four stations ourselves. I moved into uh, that little girl left me, had some babies, cool. I had another little girl come in. And she was my boot camper. Her name was Tori. And she helped me build the business. I mean, I just can't tell you how many women. I, I can't even count. I mean, it's probably 10. 10 women really put their heart and souls into this with me and made these dreams come true. Um, we ran three or four stations. We got bigger. Um, now we were feeding not 20 people max a day and dying. We were now feeding like 50. I had hired from like three staff members to like 15. Now we had an actual cook. We had an actual dishwasher. We had, I was the food prepper um, with whatever girl was helping me build my dreams at that time. And then we had my mom and she was our lobby manager, basically. So she could handle people coming in. We used to even like, we'd be prepping food and we'd have days. So we'd have taco day. <laughs> we had cheesy, spicy chicken Friday. We would have protein waffle breakfast day. And so if they come in and order, like Donna would take their order at the register. And then I would stop what I was doing and cook it and or make a fresh waffle. We had a little hot plate, three drops. So we had three little pan drop areas. And so we keep our sweet potato fries in one, our cheesy spicy chicken in the other, and like a pan of veggies. So it was always one meat, one carb, one veggie. And you come in and you can have that fresh hot plate. And we did that until we couldn't no more because I couldn't meal prep people and then like look over and try to pick out of the glass what they wanted because it wasn't glass like Chipotle where it's all the way down. It was like raised up so you could only see the worker's head. Oh, so I can't tell you enough how weirdly businesses go out of business because they don't evolve, because they don't do the means necessary. They make it the difference between me and most businesses is most businesses make a concept and they never sway from it. They never try to make more money than off their one concept. Thing with me is I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> And the concept I originally designed outgrew itself in six months because I was Rose, the girl that made you lose weight, um, not now going from Jonesboro, not now going from Jonesboro to the smaller communities around me, but now in other states. Um, I never had to be social media based because I never had time to be on social. I mean, I got on social and talked and talked and talked, 
but I never like grew my business on social and just helped women behind the scenes. I was the girl that did your coaching live. I was the girl that you got your food from that was your coach that um, built you a diet that talked to you every week on if you were losing. So it was pretty epic. <laughs> it was pretty epic because I was on the road. I would travel. I'd get done with work or leave work early on a Friday at like one or two. And I would head off to some city. I'd head off to some city because I was trying to sell dough. We launched dough. There was that huge, gosh, this is such a long story. I'm so sorry. But we, that company, that Instagram famous New York cookie dough bar, right, was all over Instagram. And I'm like, I want to make cookie dough. I want to try it. And so Mandy and I went from doing cookies to whatever to now we were trying cookie dough. And then we're like, one day we're like, wait a second. That's good. So then we made like 30 flavors. And then we put it just straight up on the counter. And then we launched it and it did pretty good in Jonesboro. Um, and we'd have like a cookie dough cooler or not even a cooler. We had it outside of the cooler. You come by. And then we realized it was like molding. And then we got in trouble by health code. And he was like, no, this has to be in a cold cooler. And then I was like, okay, whatever. Cool. I started traveling with it. I went to my first show, um, St. Louis Pro in St. Louis, Missouri. And these people were freaking nuts. <laughs> it was nuts. It was us running out of cookie dough. People, their jaws dropping going, what the did I just eat? Bleep. I mean, over and over. They were trying to buy my plastic tubs out of my hand. Like, I'll pay you $5 for that plastic tub. I'm like, it. this is like a deli, like, bowl tub. You, oh. Okay, take it and running with the product. It was nuts. So I'm like, well, this is this must be good. So we start traveling for cookie dough. I spend my weeks at Twisted Foods. I spend my weekends on the road. And I'm still, I pack in the morning, get up again, do boot camp at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., um, go out to my car, change clothes um, out of the back of my car on Red Wolf, go down to the shop, start prepping with homegirl, leave the shop, go put boot camp clothes back on, teach boot camp, go back to Twisted Foods and close the restaurant. So nuts. And this was my life. Pulling in the parking lot at 4.30 in the morning on a Sunday morning, sleeping 30 minutes in the parking lot, getting in trouble by my mother and going into boot camp. My life was, if I wasn't spread thin and doing too much, like it wasn't enough. I don't know why I had to do much, but as I saw the outcome, as I saw the positive um, from everybody else in the world, like I just wanted more. So now we have our Blue Coast Burrito. We're meal prepping people. We're probably up to like 40 or 50 people at this time. Um, doing everything ourselves. Customers are everything. We always did everything ourselves. I can't tell you where the growth yet. It was just scary. Um, first and second year, just like you couldn't make more than three to 4,000 a week. And it was barely enough to pay bills. And you're like, well, how can you not make three or 4,000? Because when you make three or 4,000, you don't include the payroll. You don't include the light bills. You don't include the electricity. You don't include the food. And food itself only makes about 10% in profit margins. So it was a, it was a very scary time. Like, I remember going, we have to do something something has to hit or this is just going to be miserable the rest of my life. 
but it was never enough. And I never stopped. And then something happened. I don't know. I don't know if it was the shows. I don't know if I just put my time in. I don't know. It blew up overnight. I remember that time. And then once it happened, it was like a high. It was such a high. I loved it. It's like I had worked so hard for two years and boom, here it was. So yes, that time, that energy, if I do it again, I can do that again. Now, I had still had no clue because I was working sun up to sundown. Cade was my CFO, my financial everything. He got all the money in the account. He wrote all the paychecks. He balanced all the bills. He paid all the taxes. He did a lot for that company. Um, and back then, he was a little bit more normal. Cade was always weird, if you know who we are talking about, but he wasn't that weird. Um, he was the popular guy. He was the political guy around town. Um, and he believed in me. And when somebody believes in you and they help you see a dream, you can only be thankful for that person. I was so humble in the whole experience. I wanted to work my hardest to not let anybody down. Anybody that was helping me, my mother, who gave her corporate job up. I wanted to prove the haters wrong. The bigger I got, the more problems came. The bigger I got, I had people like attacking us. So I moved forward onto the story of now we we all we have fridges out front, remember. We have considered doing a hot bar or a cold bar out front instead of a hot bar, cold bar, because we don't want to do hot because you got to throw the food away every four hours. I'm trying everything in my power to make another dime to save another dollar. And if I have cold food, as long as it's dated, it could be out front, you know, for seven days. And as long as it's being properly monitored and taken up, taken down. So the management me would oversee all that. So we can do this cold bar where people come in and prep themselves because I barely can keep up. So. Maybe they'll prep some of their meals themselves. No, not really. It just turned into a lunch crowd, which was fine. The growth was now absurd. Um, it was January and New Year, New Year, right? New Year, New Year. And people were at the doors at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night trying to get their food because they saw us in there still prepping, trying to get their food, banging at the door. And we let them in to get their food or to get food out of the fridge. Um, so they could get on meal prep. That was the year I remember the growth and it never looked back. I was prepping for a little local gym. I was still on the road and now our clients have gone to like 80. I remember this time we actually had people at stations. So remember when I said I basically worked a couple stations, somebody else worked a couple stations and that's what we did. No, now we had somebody hired for proteins, somebody for carbs, somebody for vegetables and somebody for toppings. Somebody stood at all stations and that's all they knew. So what people don't get, and I hope by the end of this, you understand why I can't open again. Um, you couldn't work at Twisted Foods unless you didn't know your numbers because Rose was spread so thin. There's no way I could be your cook, prep all your food, be your diet coach, 
have any kind of life of my own, get the sticker on the box, provide the meals out front and take care of all the customers at the same time. I, people literally thought I did it all. So now I took my coaching experience, my nursing experience, my nutritional training experience, and I bled into other people. I wanted them to know what I knew. What, if they saw something that they wanted to do, we evolve. We change. We talk about businesses and the difference. Businesses won't evolve. They only do the same thing and they don't know any other concept. And the owners don't work inside the, the facilities most of the time as the ground worker, as the sweat equity. And so they don't really know how to evolve. And all I saw was every moment of everything we needed to change. Well, that consumer didn't like that. So let you know what? Forget letting the lobby workers say what they want. I'm going to design a sentence that I want them to say. You may call me crazy. You may call me a lunatic, but it worked. I taught everybody. Everybody wanted Rose, and that was the problem. Everybody wanted Rose to do their diet. If um, I had two girls do diets for people, um, and they didn't want Rose to do their diet, they'd call and complain on them. They'd call and say they didn't do a good job. Um, they'd call and go, well, I just want your diet. And I'm like, well, that is my diet. Literally, I wrote up a manuscript, drink time, cheers. I wrote up a manuscript on exactly what I wanted them to say. Um, we'll scroll through the manuscript now. And the manuscript said, hi, I'm so-and-so from Twisted Foods. We'd love to get you set up on a meal plan to make sure your dietary goals are met and your weight loss is exactly where you want it. You can have a customized or build your own meal prep. Customized means breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. Build your own means you build it. If you only want two dinners, nine snacks, and four uh, breakfast, whatever you want, you name it, we build it. Now, here's how our program works. And it was seven solid pages. Those girls had that little manuscript in front of them. And they read that manuscript. And then if they were any kind of macro-based client, they would send them my way to make sure I got the macros done for them. One girl did macros. And then actually both girls did macros. And then they'd send them in. And then I'd monitor them. I'd check all the numbers. I'd check all the math. And then we put them on the milk prep line. But... Everybody wanted Rose. Well, Rose was not available. So now Rose made a cookbook. Thank you, Erica, for helping me write and design that. I had bakers who made new projects every day. And if I liked it, we kept it. If I thought it had to be epic. Like you don't keep a product that's just like me. You keep a product that's epic. Like, holy shit, I want to eat that every day. And so that's what we did. So all those bakers, basically Erica, who designed a lot of that, thank you. Um, then we had a cook that I'd say, hey, I don't like this. Let's try cooking it this way. And they bring it back out. Um, and we did that. And then I taught people numbers, math, science. It's the only reason people came to us is because we didn't do cookie cutter meal preps where we just did, it's this, 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 and this in a box. And that's what you get. And I'm sorry, you just buy it. That's No, if you wanted to come to me and say, Look, I need weight loss, and you're 135 pounds versus 180. You don't need the same food. You need different food. Now, it might just be 6 to 7 grams of fat versus 10 to 12, but if you eat too many fat,
fat, you're going to store fat. If you eat too many calories, you're going to store calories. That's not the goal of the program. So the goal of the program was to get you on specified macros or you come to me and say, I want um, this much in my meal and we can put it on the line. Every meal is a different meal, mind you not. Where can you get that? Now you can plan your own meal to be a different meal by buying seven of the same. But where can you go and purchase 28 meals for the week and they give you every meal a different meal, meaning your macros, based on the food you like or you don't like? That was a huge part of our concept. Um, you filled out a profile before you jumped on the call with the sales girls and you put like squash maybe asparagus, dislike beef, maybe Quest Parmesan chicken, no on broccoli, and we plated your food. They'd hang it up right in front of them. Roses on the line. Here's her protein likes. Carbs on the line. Here's her likes. And all the way down. And if you dislike something, you didn't get it in your box. If it was a maybe, we still gave it to you, and we hope to hear from you where we can move that to a yes or a no. And can you imagine how many mistakes you can make? Proteins, carbs, vegetables, toppings, and toppings could be five to six on each one that these workers put in your box, customized, one by one, standing up on concrete, 12 hours a day with a 20-minute break. You'll never, you'll never get it. <laughs> you'll never understand what we did. And then to, and then to count. Okay, now we did meat by four, six, or eight ounce. That's just what you bought. We didn't do 35 grams versus 28 grams, four, six, or eight ounce, because meat's where your money's at, and you have to be able to monitor it. And I can't monitor it by grams, you monitor it by ounces. And then, but you could do your carbs, your vegetables, and your toppings that way. So, hi, I'm Rose. I want 35 carbs, a meal, and six to seven fat. Whatever I put at the beginning of proteins. Then we'll go to carbs, and carbs already knew the amounts from the time, the station before. Then we'll go to vegetables, and if I'm 35 carbs and she's at 28, she can only add seven carbs to my box. Well, if she adds all seven carbs to my box, then when it gets down to toppings, I don't get anything fun. And if you know anything about Twisted Foods, I would call it the SNS rule. If you sauce and season anything, it tastes great. We also made killer different food. We didn't make just chicken and just beef. We made barbecue beef, cheesy spicy chicken, chicken feta, chicken feta bacon um, chicken. We made um, ranch beef, buffalo beef. I mean, we had every flavor of meat you want. I miss it. So vegetables would go, well, I'm going to add five carbs. So there's at least two carbs for a sauce and a seasoning. You need at least two to five to be able to top food. So then the poor toppings girl, she had to know everybody's. She had to know proteins, carbs, vegetables, and toppings. And I can't say amen enough to Kaylee who worked that spot. It was my favorite spot because I knew all the numbers and I had designed this platform. But for Kaylee, it was like, what the beep am I doing here? Like, guys, like you just put 39 carbs in this box and it's supposed to be 35. Rose, what do you want me to do? Like, I got to take out four carbs. And you don't want them just taking out anything because then it turns into my clients going, okay, why did she take out my meat out of the box? I barely had any meat. Who knows what it was? So I had to oversee everything because before these people knew these numbers, we let them free plate. 
and <laughs> it was terrible. We let them put whatever they want on the food. Well, if you think you would like it, so would the consumer. Would, and here's my question. Would you eat that? And if you wouldn't eat it, don't do it to somebody else. Don't serve it to them. We had to eliminate that. Wow, I forgot that part of the story. And so we had to eliminate free plating. And it was about March, I guess it was four years ago. I couldn't see straight. The business was so busy. We were there till 10 and 12 o'clock on Friday nights. And yeah, we were there till 10 and 12 o'clock on a Friday night. And I was like, at the point, I was going to die. I couldn't do it anymore. And I'm like, we either have to get bigger because our I thought our profit marginals weren't making it um, or I got to be done. Like, I can't do this. I was losing it. Um, the girl helping me do it then, her name was Melanie. And she believed in me so much. She was way too qualified to even be there. And I think she just watched me miss all my life and fight so hard and we were doing such good for the world um, that she wanted that too for me and she couldn't even stand to see me not. And we were doing great, right? Uh, back then, I knew nothing about money back then, even when doing good, Kay did it all. But little did I know, I was probably making like, probably making actually $7,000 a week um, but Kate always says we were making nothing and that it just, it takes time, Rose, and that we got to put everything back into the business right now. And most of that made sense. I mean, you just have no clue. I mean, we're buying, when we buy a load across from China for containers, um, we could take our cost from 40 cents a container down to like nine. And even when you paid the shipping across sea, you still ended up paying like 15 cents. And, but to buy that, it, you had to buy so many. But why buy just this little bit amount when you could buy double the amount and have half your year load and only need it twice a year than have to do the whole setup? It was miserable because you could only talk to China about 10 o'clock at night when they woke up. And they didn't stay at work late for you. So you I'd have to stay, be exhausted, and uh, I got to work with China tonight. So I have to stay up. And I do that. And... Then next thing I knew, I had China loads coming over. Well, that cost $40,000. So it was fine. Like we really were reinvesting everything. But what I didn't realize is when those great Monday meal preps were coming in or whatever the day we got the biggest pay, he was drowning it. He was taking it. And when we were reinvesting, who knows if we were reinvesting um, on money he borrowed from somewhere and had no intentions of paying back. I don't know. He said we were paying down our loan note over at Simmons, um, $200,000 that we'd always, he was always saying, we'll have it paid off next year. We'll have it paid off. Well, when it all ended, I found out he hadn't really paid any off. So he wasn't, who knows what he was doing with that money when he said he was putting extra money down on the note. Well, Rose, why didn't you check? Why didn't check the loan note? Because it wasn't just on my bank account. I did check my bank accounts at 2 a.m. on Friday nights when I was exhausted. And on Friday nights when you don't, you don't do anything on meal prep Monday. You're just done. And if you work for me, let me get an amen. Amen. 
So Friday, oh, my thing keeps going out. I'm so sorry. Why? So I did check my bank account. Um, I didn't realize all that was not going. I did check my bank accounts. It's just they were technically fine for what I knew. For what I knew as a business owner at that point, they were fine. Um, <laughs> there was like a thousand dollars in them, but I never known that there should have been more. So how would I have ever known? He was always, I guess, taking. So. Then we move on. We I, I say, I want to get bigger or I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And I just feel like he's not helping. And we were losing staff members. It's food left and right and trying to reteach these people and just to have pride in where they were. Just have pride to put meat in somebody's box. Just have pride and to make sure they topped it just the way I would. If I was standing there, you know I would have taken care of you. I would have made sure it tasted. I'm like this prepping meals. I'm like... Oh man, that's gonna be the best meal! Oh, mm, I'm so excited! Out of and on the fifth, five hundred meal, five hundredth meal of the day, I'm still just as excited to put food in that box. Well, these workers, uh, I'm ready to be done. I'm done. I mean, it just—it was exhausting to them. I and can you blame them? You know, um, they're not the owner. They didn't put their livelihood into this. You know, it was mine. So I tried to always jump in whatever station they needed me just to be a part of the, the process. Um, and so, yeah, I checked stuff. I didn't check the bank note and everything added up. Pay, payroll was always paid. I think we only had two times ever we questioned paid on the payroll. And one time a couple checks bounced, but only like two. Okay, it's like all the bills came out. You mean the money didn't come in? And then the money was there. So. You don't, you just don't really think about that. And I have to ask you this. If you were in business with somebody and you always had a red flag, who would you be or who would I be if we just continued working with them and not ever do anything about it? That just wasn't the case with Cade. You know, he was everybody's friend. I mean, the county people were eating with us. Um, we always had opportunity. And so, yeah, we kept going. We always lived on E. And that's just what you do as a business. It's called profit marginals. I mean, you have to you have to hit that profit you have to hit that marginal number where you have paid all those bills, and then you move into profits. Um, and then at that time, those bills are paid, and you start hitting the profit. You need to run. I don't care if it's ten. You got to make ten dollars pay your bills, and after ten dollars, it's all profit. Then the rest of the money goes in your pocket. So getting to those numbers was definitely hard. It was definitely hard. And that March, yeah, yeah, it was definitely March. Um, something happened. 
Uh, oh, I know. I was going through workers so much at that time. I would just cry at 630 in the morning because it was so exhausted. And somebody else didn't show up. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I don't know why I paid for money that day. But I do remember something about asking him or my mom for money or something. Or like, move. Something hit me that day four years ago. And I was like, move so much money into my account. I'll make sure I'm taken care of. Because I was pissed. I was pissed I was working 18 hours a day. I called Cade. He was never up there. He was never helping. Granted, that's not what his volunteer was in the company. Nor can you ask somebody that's doing the CFO for like 20% of your company. Okay, 30. Yeah, for 30% of your company to be up there every waking moment of their day off or time off. So I'm like, Rose, you volunteered 70% sweat, sweat equity. It is your concept. It is, you know, people believing in you. So I ran. I ran. I, oh, my God. I, who am I? Like, y'all, I literally was at toppings on the line. And my mom said something like she wouldn't move the money. And I'm like, you know what? I'll go. I don't know. I had a boyfriend at the time. I was pretty serious with. I had a company. It was. It was about like now. It's the most trauma I've ever endured that I made it through. And I left. I went and took all the money out of Centennial Bank that I owned. I'm like, I'm going to show Cade. He's not going to come help me. And I went home and I packed Betty the Buick. And I literally got on the road to nowhere. I packed my Buick full of everything I thought I would need. This is how exhausted I was as the company from doing the customer service, from doing the planning, from being the worker on the line to dealing with workers. And you, if you've ever worked food and you see the workers, you know the things I went through. From building diets, from taking on new clients, from being the back-end paperwork and being everybody's motivation. I, I, I lost it. Oh, my God. I took everything I had. And no, I had just everything I thought I would need. I packed the most basic clothes where I could live anywhere. I even texted my friend that lived in Colorado and was like, can I stay with you if I need? I mean, I've never done anything like that in my life. Starting a business that I didn't know I'd make it. Sure, I'll jump and take that risk. But just leaving. Whew. <laughs> Leaving my family, leaving my friends, leaving the ones who gave up their life to be a part of my dream, leaving the little girl who was nothing but good to me. I, I had lost it in my mind. Being an entrepreneur also makes you feel very crazy. It takes away things from you. That also builds you up as an awesome human being. But there is never any downtime. There's never any time off. And people don't care if it's 10 o'clock and they need something, they need something. They don't care if that's your one time you haven't been off the phone all day. Anyways, I left. And luckily, a couple of people reached out and was like, Rose has taken off. In the middle of the day, I was like, you know what? At this point, if Twisted Foods can make it, Good. And I might be back. But if they don't, like, it is just right, right there where it's at. Everything will close. Nobody in Jonesboro or anybody, for the matter of fact, 
probably knew I did this. You're just now finding out. Nobody knew I disappeared. I left and I had no plans of coming back. If my best friend wasn't away with her husband doing golf, um, I don't know where I would have gone. I don't know if I would have gone to Colorado and got a barista job and stayed there. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that I left. I went away. And I knew I wanted to be at Twisted Foods, but I, I couldn't be there. I mean, I was losing it. it. Like, it was just so chaotic. And it was growing, and I couldn't keep up because there wasn't enough people who believed some of the workers were just workers, and they just wanted a paycheck, they wanted to be in and out. They didn't want to put their heart and soul into it. And then the people that did, it like, ran us in the ground. And so, yeah, so she texted me and ended up driving to Florida, and I made it that same day at, like, 2 in the morning. And I made it to Florida. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't care what happened with Twisted Foods, and I was in the deepest, darkest place of my life. I just slept. I remember, I think I slept for four days before I could even function to realize where I wanted to be. But it didn't matter because I'd already left and I really just didn't care because I knew I was never going to have a life if I went back. Oh, I knew what Twisted, Twisted Boots was like a gang, not literally, but it's something I could never leave. I could never leave it. It would have to kill, kill me first, and it was doing that. And that's something you'll never knew about me. Something only my family. And that little girl, Melanie, knew about me. And my assistant manager, Melba, at the time. And I wanted to die. But I loved it. I loved Twisted Food so much. I would die before I gave it up. So I had to leave. I had to leave before it didn't love me anymore. And Kate begged me to come back. Everybody else... um said, do what you need to do, stay away. And while I was away, I decided it just Twisted Foods can't go on like this. Like, here I am. I've taken this company of prepping for like 20 people to now prepping for like 100. And it was in over my head. It's because I evolved with any change, anything needed. I evolved and I did it. And that led to growth. And that growth I was not ready for by, my, by myself. But I was just a normal human being who grew up as a middle-class American who had no further help. And Kate wasn't really help. If I really had the partner, a uh, proper CFO probably now that I know, they would have helped me with manufacturers, with distribution cost, with um, dropping costs in other places to raise profit marginal lines. But I did that all myself. Literally. So as I was away, as I was losing my shit, I decided I did want to be at Twist Boots. just couldn't be the same. So I called my family. I called my staff. I have at this point hurt people so bad. But I was hurting so bad myself. I had to take care of myself. 
And so I developed the plan and the protocol, the Twisted Foods you all learned, loved, and knew when I had 50 to 70 workers. Which was the likes, dislikes, and the meals. I made a menu. I made 14 weeks of menu. The whole time I was gone, all I basically did, and I remember my best friend, we flew somewhere. We're on a plane and we're like talking it out. I just remember this. I don't know why. And we're like, okay, if this worker, so you have two different boxes of meals. And if the, if the workers go right to left, okay? Well, if I turn around and I grab it like this and I put it on deck, and I want them to only put what in the box I want them to put because everybody wants Rose. Everybody wants Rose. And Rose can't be here for hundreds of people. Like, where is Rose? So this worker needs to grab this meal. And somehow they need to get it to the next person and it be in the proper order because that person is not going to know the whole menu and you can't memorize the menu weekly. And so this, this worker needs to know that this is the menu and you only... You do not pair, let me think, you do not pair, blah, let me think, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like a food, like you don't get to the end of line and you don't put grapes and then cheese dip all over the grapes, like what in God's, well, I like cheese dip and I like grapes, but would you eat it together? Well, no, well, then don't do it, worker. But that wasn't the fact and it didn't even matter what it was. They just threw crap in a box. So this worker needs to know that chicken goes with the rice, that goes with the broccoli, that goes with a cup of grapes and a cup of cheese dip. So they could dip their broccoli into the cheese dip or they could pour it over the chicken, but they wouldn't pour cheese dip onto the grapes. That was the simplicity of what needed to happen for Twisted Foods. So this worker would grab these meals and they would put their left hand down and their right hand always over. And that way their meals stack one, two, three, four, five. So that way the next line, the carbs got it and they grabbed the left hand over the right hand and they laid them down and they were in the perfect order. So that chicken would go with the brown rice, that would go with the broccoli, that then the toppings girl wouldn't get it and go, well, it said no toppings in it. No, no. So the menu followed perfectly all the way down the line to where the protein guy would make the perfect meal menu one. Every Monday we get there and say, okay, it's time to go. Every day, actually, we get there and say, it's time to go over the menu. Remember that because sauce and seasoning was everything. Remember that the new tahine horseradish sauce goes over the beef. It tastes better over the beef, not on the side, unless the customer wants sauce on the side, which was an option. Make sure the pineapple goes on top of the chicken with the sauce inside of the ring so it doesn't get onto the veggies that wouldn't taste good. I mean, just insanely nitpicky stuff. So while I was gone, I stayed with on two weeks and I developed 14 weeks of menus. Menus that, because we were just playing boring meals at that point. We were just another meal prep company through shit in a box and that's who we were. Well, that's not who I was going to be. That's not what my dream concept, you know, concept, blah, whatever. That's not what I concepted. And that's not why people love me. People love me because I made epic food pairings that tasted incredible, that they never felt like they were dieting, and they always lost weight. That's why they came to Twisted Foods. And everybody's like, I come to Rose. I'm like, no, it's Twisted Foods. 
So I made a plan to come back. I made a plan to come back from Florida. Um, and I came home and my staff and my family just told everybody I went away on a vacation because um, nobody needed to know where I was at. I didn't talk to a lot of people at the time, but I didn't let anybody know what was going on mentally in my life. I came back and I'd hurt people so terribly in my life that some of them, my sister-in-law didn't talk to me because my family is everything and they have done everything for me. My dreams wouldn't be my dreams without them because she felt we're best friends and she felt like I left her. And my mom, you know, quit her job of 20 years to fulfill my dreams. And so she was there, but she was so hurt. She wouldn't look at me. And the girl who had made my dreams, literally, there's tons of people who helped my dreams come true. But the girl who made my dreams come true, Melody, she supported me. And she just said she would never and could never go back to the way it was. And if I didn't make it better, she couldn't do it anymore. We were all worn thin. I got back. I was in a good mood. I wanted people to support that good mood, that change that I felt revived because I had been drowning myself and everyone else for so many years. Um, I felt revived. I felt like I could be a leader again. I felt like I had control over the situation. And uh, everybody could see that change in me. I was much more calm. I could handle things a little bit more. And we were all just in so much pain. It was going to take a while to get over. So it took months. And we grew at that time. We did good. We were growing. Everybody was getting happy again. We were good. Um, we spent that next probably year just doing that. Um, at this point, we carried 100 people on the line every day. We had a food bar, cold bar out front. You come get your meals. You could come in and grab food out of the fridge, the weekend meal deal. Um, and yeah, and I was not traveling as much. Um, I was enjoying Twisted Foods. We had gotten a stability base of workers. It took me six years to find those 10 people that could run my company. You can go into any food company and probably work there and know everything in a day. But I can tell you at Twisted Foods, it took you about a month to learn everything. And you had to be a partial diet coach to even work on the line. But what partial diet coach wants to work in food, standing up for 12 hours a day, nasty, putting food in a box? Yeah, I didn't think so. So I, then I found this girl. <laughs> who ate Twisted Foods. And she joked about getting a job. And I'm like, yeah, right, whatever, come talk to me. Well, sometime. Well, she actually pops in one day and she's like, I'm serious about the job. And so me and Melanie King sit her down and we're like, you don't want to work. We try to scare everybody off, right? Because if we can't scare you off, then you might really make it. And we're like, girl, it sucks. Here's the long hours. Um, we basically stand up, we eat while standing. Um, and we can't guarantee when you actually get to go home. She's like, done, still want to sign up. And we're like, okay. So at this point, Melanie King wants to kind of move out um, and start into my sales position, um, calling people. Y'all, we had people, we had what we call leads. And these leads mean people are interested. 
from all over the world. And we had a system that would float their names and numbers in. And so Melanie would spend eight hours a day just calling people. Hey, it's Melanie from Twisted Foods. I see you're in Washington, D.C. We saw you may be interested in meal plans. Um, we want to see what your goals are, what your weight loss goals are, and see if we can help you. And so they'd fill up this whole page profile, and most of the time they'd sign up. So Melanie was moving on into sales, and here comes Mariah in. And Mariah is still in my life to this day. And she turned out to be wonderful. She was she became the general manager of Twisted Foods, and that's at the point after the crazy year and the getting back stable that I finally found someone that took pride, just like Melanie, just like a lot of them, but made it hers. Um, and that's what really stabilized me. Mariah gave me faith and hope and desire again. And I then finally wanted more. You know, I hadn't been wanting more. I hadn't done anything. But that entrepreneurial spirit, you can never just sit still. And like, my concept is not made to be in Jonesboro, Arkansas. My concept is made to be in a big city. I mean, I have dreams, I have goals. I want people to know who we are We're all over the world. And our one measly little store is just Jonesboro, Arkansas. I want two. I want two. And I just want one big city. Or I, you know, can't do this for the rest of my life. Or maybe we could. You know, me and Mariah talked about we probably could if we would have co-teamed like management um, you know, splitting the hours since we were there like 15 hours a day and just kept growing all over the world, which now I know because now I'm doing e-commerce and it does well and I can be sitting here on a Sunday afternoon and not at work. But of course, you don't know that. You don't know that till you learn that. So I go to Cade and I'm like, I want to start Nashville. And I don't know how I picked Nashville. Actually, we picked Memphis. We picked Fayetteville. We picked Nashville, blah, blah, blah. I went to, I didn't go see Memphis. I didn't ever really find anywhere interesting that just like sparked my interest. And so Nashville came about and I'm like, something hit. I went to Fayetteville and looked at spots, right? And then all of a sudden one day it was like, Nashville's it. We made a part of this construction crew that we knew here. We knew that they would help. Um, and this is the part of the story that should probably be on a literal second podcast. So You'll have to come back and listen. We're going to get into that second podcast about how we started our second location in Nashville, Tennessee, and all the trauma that it entailed and faced and what the big city was like. Um, it basically ate me and spit me out, um, but we made it. We made it to the big city. And like my friend says, never ask God to keep your dream. I just asked him to build it. And God did allow me to do that. I built my dream in Nashville, Tennessee, and I hope that you'll come back and listen as this is 100% Twisted, Face Everything and Rise podcast, teaching you to embrace your imperfections and learn it's okay to not be okay.